Morning, y'all. Welcome to the Friend Church. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Cam. Um, I'm usually on that side of the stage uh, as the worship leader, but today I'm on this side of the stage, um, and I get to I get to to speak uh, with us this morning. Um, if you are new to the Friend, if you're here in service or online uh, for the first time, I just want to say welcome. Uh, God is doing something here in Salt Lake and in Bluffdale. Um, and so it's, it's just good to, to be with you. Um, I also want to say Happy New Year. It's the first Sunday that we get to meet together in 2024. That's amazing. Um, it's crazy how fast 2023 went by. Um, but did anyone have any New Year's resolutions this year? A couple? A few? A few? Well, if you, if you put it off or if you hadn't think of anything um, I wanted to share a couple of mine with y'all. Um, maybe you can take some notes, or you can laugh at me. I don't know. Um, but also, this is good for me, because then throughout the year, you can ask me, like, hey, how's that resolution going? And you can keep me accountable. So um, the first of my resolutions this year is to read more books. Um, I have a goal of reading seven books this year. And before you say, haha, that's not even that many books. Um, last year, I had the goal of seven books as well, and I got four. So um, I think it's, it's a doable goal, but one that we'll see if, we'll see if it actually happens. Um, but yeah, maybe that can be your uh, New Year's resolution. Oh, good morning. Uh, another thing, did, did anyone say that they want to get more sleep? this year. I know I need it. I know that there's some people that probably don't have it as a resolution, maybe in the room or online. I won't say who, but um, maybe this year is the, the year to get more sleep. Um, another thing that I wanted to do this year was uh, to learn a new skill. If you, if you haven't tried it before um, or, or done it, I've been doing Duolingo for um, a little while now, trying to learn Japanese. Uh, Duolingo is like an app on your phone where you can learn a new language. They've got a whole bunch of languages. I think they have like Klingon as a language, which is weird. Um, but right now, my, my streak is at 107 days for um, how many days in a row I've done at least one lesson. So uh, pray for me as I continue this journey. Hopefully by the end of 2024, I'll have like 400-something days. Um, we'll see. Um, I've got one more resolution that I wanted to share with y'all. Um, it's that I want to honk my car horn less. Um, let me confess just really quick in front of everyone. If, if you cut me off, if you're swerving out of your lane, if you're stopped in the middle of the intersection and it's my turn to go, I'll probably let you know about it. Um, or at least I would in the past, in past years. Um, but 2024 is my year. Right now, I've, I've got zero car honks this year, so I'm off to a good start. Um, here's the thing. I grew up in Hawaii where people were good drivers and no one really honked, but now I live in Salt Lake where everyone's bad at driving and like honking is more socially acceptable. So it was, it was a bad time in 2017 when I moved to, to Salt Lake and I could start honking my horn. Um, but anyways, one of, my, one of my resolutions is to, to be more patient on the roads this year. Um, are are y'all like me? Do you, 
Do you want to be a more patient person this year, maybe? Do you, uh, do you want to be a nicer person, a more forgiving person? Um, or maybe you're, you're tired of New Year's resolutions. Are you thinking, man, I've, I've made resolutions and they just, they just don't work. Uh, you're saying that this has been my resolution for years and nothing has changed. I'm still the same grumpy person. I'm still the same angry person. I'm still the same person that annoys everyone at work or at school. You say that this part of me is just something that I, I can't change. First off, I want to say grace to you. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, the fact that you're thinking about it probably means that you're, you're not as bad as you think you are. Um, but still, I understand the frustration when we want to change, but for some reason, our brains are too stubborn. We're, we're just set in our ways, or we even go so far to say, well, people don't really change. I think this is a problem that almost all of us face or have faced at one time. And I'd like to think that basically all of us are good people. We all have good intentions. Uh, we try to do better or to, to fix ourselves. We try to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps um, and to try harder. Uh, we say that this is the year that things change, but somehow we still get fed up at work. We still chew out our significant other for, for something so stupid or, or mundane, um, or we just can't forgive that one person after years of unforgiveness. And as I mentioned before, some of us have accepted the fact that, that this is just who I am. I'm just someone who gets mad quickly. I've got a short temper. Things just come out of my mouth. Or, or we say that we're just someone who hurts people. Let me tell you that, that there is hope. And I'm not saying it, it isn't going to be hard, because it almost always will be. But as we read through this morning's scripture, my hope is that we see that there is hope. I, I want us to see that, that we don't have to try and fix ourselves all alone. The fact is that we can't do it alone. We'll just get burnt out with no real change to show for it. Um, but the hope that is available and offered to us every single day is that we have a God who is so big and yet loves us so abundantly that he wants to care for us, for each and every one of us. And he not only wants to bless us, but he even has plans to bless the people around us through us. And so we can't do it alone, but praise God, we don't have to do it alone. Uh, let's pray for this morning. Father God, will you soften our hearts to you? Will you remove any of my selfish thoughts or ulterior motives, and will you let you move? As we learn from your word this morning, May we have the eyes to see and ears to hear what you have for us. In your holy name, amen. Okay, uh, to give us a little roadmap for where we're headed, I want to talk just briefly about a section of scripture that struck me as extremely meaningful uh, last month, and I've been reflecting on it ever since. Uh, if you have your Bibles, feel free to open or turn them on to uh, our first passage, Exodus 34, 29. It'll also be on the screen. Um, but yeah, this is our first passage, and while we don't have time to, to do a deep dive into um, this passage this morning, I want to just discuss it a bit. Uh, to, to set the scene really quick, this, this story occurs very early 
in the Bible, um, over a thousand years before the birth of Jesus. And back in those days, prior to Jesus, one of the main ways that God interacted and communicated with his people was through prophets. And the prophet of this time and of this story is Moses. And so as the prophet, he would go into the presence of God and relay God's messages back to the people. Specifically in Exodus 34, the author talks about a bunch of things, most notably the Ten Commandments, which, as I said before, we don't have time to go over this morning. But what I want us to know is that every time Moses would go into the presence of God, when he would come out, his face would be shining. Exodus 34:29b says that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. And so why do I think this is so important? Um, and why do I want us to keep this in our minds for the rest of our time together this morning? That, that God's, or that Moses' face shone every time he, he came into the presence of God. Um, well, it's because as we will look through Scripture this morning, uh, we're going to see that when we come close to God, we reflect his light. And of course, this is a lot more difficult in Moses' time to, to come close to God. But thank God, we now are able to read what happens when people come close to God um, in the form of Jesus. And then we can also take a look at why would we even want this for ourselves? And of course, how can we come close to God today? And so this morning, we'll be looking at two passages about the people who probably came the closest to to Jesus while he was on earth. Um, Our first passage of two passages is Mark chapter 1, verse 16 to 18, Um, and this is when Jesus recruits his very first disciples. Um, A couple of things before we jump in. This passage occurs right as Jesus uh, was starting out his journey as a religious teacher. It was a fairly common practice for religious teachers uh, to have disciples, but as we'll see, um, he does a couple of things that are, that are pretty out of the ordinary. Um, and so Mark chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once, They left their nets and followed him. So as we see in this passage, uh, Jesus is walking by these fishermen, and I guess he sees something that he likes in these guys. Um, I mean, I think it's safe to say that that none of us have found ourselves on the seashore asking fishermen to drop everything and to follow us. But for Jesus, I think this feels pretty normal. This is a pretty Jesus-y thing to do. Um, So what is out of the ordinary here? What is Jesus Jesus doing? Well, the thing about these uh, Jewish religious teachers of the day um, is that they were very much considered high society. Uh, They not only were religious leaders, but in many ways, they were the cultural leaders of the day. And so uh, if you were someone looking to be a disciple of a religious teacher, uh, you were much more likely to become a disciple if you were also from high society. Um, But in Mark chapter 1, we see that Jesus doesn't ask the social elite, um, but he asks fishermen. And back in those days and in that area, fishermen weren't peasants, but they, they also weren't rich either. And so if Jesus was looking for disciples, 
most of the people of the day would say that he was not looking in the right place. Um, And yet, Jesus asks fishermen to be his very first disciples. Another especially unusual aspect of this passage is that Jesus, the religious teacher, seeks out his own disciples. For the religious teachers of the day, it was usually the other way around, that aspiring disciples would seek out teachers in hopes of being their, um, their disciples. And so I like to compare it nowadays to like a college admissions process. The common practice is you, you do all the prep work, you take all the classes to prepare for college, then you look around to see what schools you want to apply to, then you apply, you wait a little bit, you hear back, you get accepted or you don't, um, and then you go to college, right? Um, and, and we see in this passage that, that this isn't really how Jesus' admissions process works. Instead, imagine the president of the most prestigious college in the world um, comes directly to your house or your place of work um, and asks you to, to come to, to, to college, to, to pack your bags and to move to this new place or this new situation. Um, and not to mention that this college will literally change your life. That'd be pretty cool, right? Um, and that would also take a pretty radical school to do that. Well, it also took a fairly radical teacher by the name of Jesus to recruit his own disciples as well. And so why does Jesus break the norm and, and do something so out of the ordinary? He, he personally recruits his own disciples and, and lowly fishermen, no less. What, what point is he trying to make? Well, from our perspective, knowing the divine nature of Jesus Simon and Andrew didn't know it at the time, but we can see that contrary to what some religious teachers of the day would tell you, coming close to God wasn't saved for the religious elite. To be honest, it it never was, but unlike in Moses' time, when only the prophets were allowed to be in the presence of God, Jesus was saying that fishermen were invited to be in the presence of God. Jesus later invites tax collectors and activists to be in the presence of God. People from very different and sometimes adversarial walks of life, Jesus invites to be his disciples and to be in the presence of God. And so why does Jesus break the norm of the time? It's because he is revealing to them and revealing to us what God is like. He's showing us what God is like. If you've spent any time here at the Front Church, you've probably heard the saying, If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. And that's what the scripture tells us. And that's what we try to do every single week, to look at Jesus and to see God. And here we see that Jesus is breaking the mold to invite everyone to come close to him. That's the kind of God that we have. So as I mentioned earlier, by the end of our time together, I want us to see that when we come close to God, We reflect his light. And so what does this passage teach us? I think it shows us two things. One is that we are all invited to come close to God. No matter who you are, what you've done, what people say about you or what your profession is, Jesus invites you to be in his presence. He says, you are welcome here. And the second thing that we learn 
is that we see Jesus steps outside of the social norms and personally invites us to be close to him. We see that as much as we should come close to God, God has already drawn near to us. Even take the fact that you're here in this room or watching online today. If we think about it or reflect on on why we are here, how do we find ourselves here, don't we see that we find ourselves here for a specific reason? Was it someone who invited you? Was it just by coincidence that you saw the signs outside saying that there is church here? Um, or, or maybe there was someone in your life that, that opened your eyes to, seeing, uh, to being open to, to God or to, to church. Whatever the case may be, uh, I believe that there is a reason that you are here today. And I believe that that reason is because God has been pursuing you. He wants to love, he wants to care, and he wants to bless you. Okay, so now uh, we know that we know who is invited to be in the presence of God, every single one of us. But the next question is, why should we want to be in the presence of God in the first place? Well, our next passage this morning, uh, we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 24, uh, verses 46 to 49. And it takes place at the end of Jesus' time on earth. Um, It's actually after his resurrection and after he reveals himself to his disciples. Um, And by now, these disciples have have been through a lot. Uh, They've been through Jesus throughout his ministry, and and now he's about to ascend into heaven. And so uh, this is the situation that we step into um, as Jesus addresses his disciples for the last time. Luke chapter 24, verses 46 to 49. Jesus told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So in this passage, Jesus lets the disciples know that he's going to send them something. Um, In Acts 2, he fulfills his promise. We won't read Acts 2 this morning, um, but you should definitely read it. It's pretty awesome. It's crazy. It's really cool. You should read it, Acts 2. Um, But we see that, um, that in Acts, Jesus sends his disciples the Holy Spirit, um, as the thing that he sends. And we see that the Holy Spirit is what allows the disciples to bless others, to reach unreached communities with the loving hope of Jesus. And that same Spirit is working here today. What's crazy to me is that, that even after spending almost every waking moment with Jesus for his entire ministry, we see that the disciples still need Jesus by the way of the Holy Spirit. You would think that, that by now they would have gotten things down. You know, they, they, they know what Jesus is about. He, he prayed, he taught, he healed, he loved, and yet we still see that the plan all along was to bring this helper, the Holy Spirit, down to earth for the followers of Jesus. And so this, this, crazy, this crazy fact that that even though they were with Jesus for his entire time um, in ministry, uh, the disciples still need help. This is the, the same fact 
that gives me so much hope as well. The disciples are, are broken, imperfect people, just like you and me. But luckily for us, we were never meant to do this alone. There's one more beautiful thing um, that I think these final words of Jesus um, has for disciples has. Um, it's just three words, but it, but it packs a punch. Um, it's the phrase, beginning at Jerusalem. Here we can see Jesus' vision for things to come. What has already happened up to this point was only the beginning. Jesus' movement was never meant for stagnation. Instead, Jesus invites his disciples to go out from Jerusalem to bless the nations, and he equips them with the tools that they need, most notably the Holy Spirit. And so we see that because the disciples spent time with Jesus, they spent time with God, they receive the Holy Spirit. And, and just for the reason that they turn to God, even though they were inconsistent and flawed and messed up every single day, kind of like us, we can see the impact of the Holy Spirit moving through Jesus and his disciples. We see that lives are changed, people are healed, the poor and the widowed are cared for, hospitals are built, all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And don't get me wrong, the disciples, they deserve so much credit. Um, in hard times, in scary times, in life-threatening times, they clung to Jesus and his teachings. And their extraordinary effort is apparent. But when we come close to God, we reflect his light. When we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and through us, we don't need to try so hard because the Holy Spirit is already at work. When we try to, to fix ourselves, when we try to become nicer, more patient, more loving people on our own willpower, we fail. We easily get burnt out. We can't do it because we were never meant to do this alone. We can't do it alone. If you've been trying to fix yourself for years and, and can't quite figure it out, don't be ashamed or embarrassed because we were never meant to do this alone. But when we come close to God, when we turn to him, when we trust and rely on Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we are fueled by a source that never runs out. And just like the first disciples and every other follower of Jesus to come after up until now, we have the opportunity to participate in Jesus' story to heal the world. God can and will use us to bless others if we invite him in. And so how do we come close to God? How do we gain access to this Holy Spirit, the source of love that never fails and never runs out? How do we invite God into our lives to transform us into a more loving people, community, and world? Well, Proverbs uh, chapter 13, verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Another popular saying is that if you average the five people that you spend the most, or you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so how do we come close to God? How do we invite God to fill us with his spirit? We spend time with him. This, this looks different for a lot of different people, and I'll let God lead you where he may, but there are a couple of, of common practices that we can uh, all take to come close to God. Uh, the first I will say is to spend time reading the Bible. The Bible is the most concrete source of truth that we have from God, and, and if we trust in Him, we spend time in His Word. 
Uh, if, you're, if you're new to the Bible or you're just coming back to the Bible, I've got a suggestion for where to start. You can start in the, the Gospel of Mark. It's the story of the life of Jesus. There are three other stories of the life of Jesus, and so all of those would be great to start. But personally, I would suggest starting with Mark. Uh, the second way that I think that we can all come close to God is to come to church. As we've been saying, we were never meant to do this alone. And yes, we, we do come to church to, to sing songs and worship to God, and we do come, come here to, to hear the, the speaker talk about God. Um, and, in my opinion, one of the most important aspects of our worship on Sundays is that we get to do it together as one body of Christ. We as humans were designed for relationship with others, and so I encourage us all to, to press in to Jesus-centered community. Maybe for you, this even looks like joining a community group. We've got one on Monday in Riverton and one on Wednesday in Midvale, um, and they're just starting up again uh, for, the, for this next semester uh, this coming week. And so you can sign up on the Church Center app or just come talk to me after. We'll get you hooked up. Um, and so, of course, there are an, an infinite amount of ways that we can come close to God. But the last one that I'll mention this morning is to pray. We see numerous times in the Bible that God hears our prayers. Even Jesus, God in the flesh, would take time to pray and get filled up by the Holy Spirit. And then if it's good enough for Jesus, it's most definitely good enough for me. Um, and so if you've never prayed before, if you don't know where to start, uh, Jesus actually tells us how to pray. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Um, you can find it in Matthew chapter 6, 9 to 13. And it's just a really simple, easy, and effective way for us to pray. And so by now, um, I've, I've said it enough times that we all know the saying that when we come close to God, we reflect his light. Um, and so that second part, how do we reflect his light? Well, I think it's, it's pretty simple. We come close to God. If and when we come close to God, we spend time in his word and in his community when we trust in him, there's no way that we won't be transformed for the better. I heard a preacher once say that, that if we're following God and are not being transformed, then maybe we're not following God at all. And I don't want to sound harsh, and God has an overwhelming abundance of, of grace for us. Lord knows I need it. He's seen me on I-15 honking my horn. Uh, but, but really, what, what I'm saying is that it will come naturally to us that, that when we start to turn to him, we will become like him. We all want to be good, to, to care for people well, to, to bless the people around us. Um, but our culture says that we have to do it on our own. Self-help books fly off the shelves. So many people in the world tell us what we can and can't be, uh, what we can and can't do. And of course, I, I think some of these things are, are good and, and helpful things, um, but we can't do it on our own. Most of us in this room already know that when we try to fix ourselves, when we try to do it on our own willpower to become better people without God, we fail. Because we were never meant to do it on our own. The source of our, our goodness, our, our care for others, doesn't come from within, but it's a reflection of the Creator and our God. To become a, a blessing to others, we, we know that there's a better way. Just as the disciples did, we, we don't need to lean on our own abilities. 
We just need to put our trust and our time in the Lord. The opportunity that Moses had, we now have to, to draw near to God, to draw near to Jesus, to draw near to his love, his mercy, his kindness, his gentleness, his light. And, and why? For ourselves? Well, of course. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. We all need Jesus. But it's not just for ourselves. The blessing doesn't stop with us. Jesus doesn't say to, to take his blessing and to, to store it away for safekeeping. But he, instead, he commissions us to spread his blessings with the world. Just like those first century disciples, we are Jerusalem. We are the start. But this is only the beginning of God's great plan to bring healing and love to our neighbors and our world, to bring heaven down to earth. And so as the, the band comes back up for, for one final song, I just want to say that, that, that when we get this right, when our, our community gets this right, when we start to, to turn to Jesus and allow him to work in us and through us, lives change. My life changes, your life changes, our community's life changes. We start to, to love people better. We start to love our coworkers better. We start to love our family members better. We start to love our neighbors better. We see people healed. We see lives restored, all by the power of God. When we start to pray for our community and, and communities throughout the world to, to start to turn to Jesus, we see states healed. We see nations healed. We see the world healed all by God and the hope that's found in Jesus. We see lives restored. We see communities supported. We see people saved. And so it's, it's, it's so simple, in my opinion at least. I think it's so simple. All we need to do is to turn to Jesus. All we need is him. Let's pray. Father God, we, we, we thank you for being a God that, that doesn't just kick us to the sidelines and say, good luck, get out there, but you're a God that, that loves us so much that, that, that gives us a way to, to grow, that gives us a way to, to come close to you, to, to bless and love on others, and that way is Jesus. God, and so as we, as we wrap up our time this morning, God, I, I pray that, um, that as, we, as we continue the, uh, the 2024 year, God, that, that we can start to, to be transformed by you. We can start to, to turn to you. We, we can't do it alone, God, but with you, with you, we see lives changed. We see community transformed. We see people given hope. And so this morning, will you move in us and through us and just, just transform us, God, so that our community, that ourselves, the entire world can more look like the kingdom of God, a place of love, a place of, of grace, of mercy, and of salvation. We thank you so much. In your holy name we pray. Amen.